So when I bring myself into my heart and I view my trigger from my heart, I'm viewing it from the lens of the heart so I'm not in it. And so when we hold that spaciousness and we know that I'm not going to identify with it, I'm going to observe it. Then we have the wisdom and the intelligence to know what it actually needs. You are doing the work. You are the medicine. You have this incredible innate power to heal yourself, empower yourself so that you can empower others. It's not, I'm not empowering you. I'm not God. I'm not Jesus. You are doing the work yourself. And, and that's just a, a beautiful thing that I, I think anyone can get amongst. You know, we are all wanting freedom. So what if we could create an internal climate of freedom so we don't think that we need to fight for our freedom. It's just available for us. That's Samantha Skelly. And this is episode 387 of Wellness Force Radio. Wellness Force Radio, where we discover the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well. You can have the same brain states as someone who's done an hour of meditation every day for 40 years. There's a lot of losses that we go through. So the ability to be able to cope with those losses is very important to build skill in it because loss will happen. You know, you have to have spiritual courage to really grow spiritually because if you really want to take guidance from your soul, you have to be ready to realize that many of the things that you're asking for guidance on, your ego has some kind of an addiction to or an investment in. This show wouldn't be able to live and be brought to you for free without our partner, Cured Nutrition, a 100% organically farmed cannabidiol. Say that like three times fast. Cannabidiol. <laughs> it's more than just CBD, though. CBD can be quite confusing. So I simplified it. I did the research over six months. I found Cured Nutrition. This is all the parts of the plant, the hemp plant that give you rich terpenes and healing compounds that allow you to sleep well and move well. And now multiple scientific research studies have shown promise around using cannabidiol for pain management as well. This is a full spectrum, 100% organically farmed hemp oil. It's grown in the rich sunshine rays of Colorado. I don't know if you've been to Colorado. It is easily the perfect place in the entire United States to harvest powerful nutrients and plant medicine. Essentially, that's what this medicine is. It's plant medicine for your body and soul. I personally take the full dropper of the 2000 milligram I place it under my tongue for 60 seconds. I feel this in my digestion. It gives my stomach this warm, calming feeling. Give Cure to test drive. If you've been dealing with pain or anxiety or you can't sleep well at night, go to wellnessforce.com forward slash cured. Get 15% off your organically farmed full spectrum hemp. Wellnessforce.com forward slash cured. And use the code wellnessforce to get a nice savings. 15% is really good, y'all. Check them out. Give them a test drive. Warm greetings, podcast world. It's your host, your friend, and your guide, Josh Trent. And you have arrived. You're here at Wellness Force. Welcome. If you're hearing this for the first time, this is the place where you can A to Z, all you need, get the trustworthy information and guidance so you can discover physical and emotional intelligence so you can live your life well. That's what this media company and this global movement is all about. And today on the podcast, I have a really special treat for you. My friend is coming on to share about how we can bust through illusions that keep you stuck. And you and I know that right now in the world, there is more illusions than we've ever seen with the psychological warfare and fear-mongering from the mainstream media. I mean, it's an absolute, let's be honest, it's an absolute shit show out there. So, we laugh at it, but it's also serious, right? The duality is fully in play. How do we use our breath? How do we use our thoughts? How do we use our heart to connect to what's real and rise above all the arguing and division and fear and contraction that's out there in the world? Well, if you've been feeling this, if you've been sensing this, if you've been experiencing this, this is the podcast for you. We're going to give you real practical tools that you can actually use right now today so you can bust through these illusions especially if you're feeling stuck right now. We're going to learn from an entrepreneurial and motivational speaker who is a best-selling author, an emotional eating expert who is a breathwork practitioner and teacher, and also someone who's been spotlighted across the world, where since 2014, as the founder of Hungry for Happiness, she has been supporting women across the world who are battling disordered eating and body image issues. And she's also the founder of Pause Breathwork, which we're going to dig into deep today. The power of breath, which you already know, from our Breathe Breath and Wellness program found at breathwork.io. Well, Samantha's gonna give us a breath of fresh air when it comes to the wealth of knowledge that we can have 
through breathwork and how it can access somatic healing and reclaim our inner peace. In this podcast, we'll learn about Samantha's wellness journey, how she found breathwork to heal herself, and we'll talk about the concept of you are the medicine, where we explore her philosophy that you are your own drug. She has a mission to disintegrate this dependency model, which is so exciting. And when it comes to personal and spiritual development, in my opinion, it's most needed right now. We'll talk about deprogramming our childhood and how breathwork and somatic experiencing can help us dismantle and unbind conditioned thoughts that are simply not true. We'll talk about what we can learn in the stillness beyond just the power of prioritizing our health, what breathwork can do for us as a guidepost of instant feedback that anyone can experience when they begin their breathwork journey. I know you're going to love Samantha's energy, the way she speaks, and just her presence As much as I do, she has this fun inner core to her. It's so enjoyable to be around and to communicate with. And if you're moved by this podcast, if this resonates with you, please do Samantha a favor. Do this Wellness Force community a favor. Use your generosity. It takes just five seconds. Share this podcast. Share this podcast with someone that is stuck right now, that is feeling stuck, that needs to hear this message, that gets to hear this message. You never know your act of generosity I hear it every single week, sometimes multiple times a day. Your act of generosity, a quick share of this podcast on social to a friend can change someone's life. Now let's dig in live and in person with Samantha Skelly. Sam Skelly, welcome to the podcast. Mm, So good to be here. Guess you guys what we just did before we came on. We did some breath work, which Sam is known for across the world now. And um, it's this beautiful gift, Samantha, that I see you giving people all over the internet. And it's this like freedom to be in your body, like literally a permission slip that you like digitally write for men and women to live in their body and feel free and not feel contraction. This conversation today, I'm so excited for Like it's been like probably six to nine months coming. But what I was feeling in my system before we even jumped on was expansion because that's the work that you teach. But like that was not always the case for you. Uh, There was a unique journey that I'm excited for you to share that you had contraction a lot in life. Uh, People know you as Hungry for Happiness and the Pause Breathwork Creator and Facilitator Training. But like if you pulled the e-brake and you went way back to the beginning, looking now as a woman, as a creator, as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, like just as a powerful force of wellness yourself, if you were to look back, was there one or two moments in your trajectory whether it was uh, acting or dancing or performance, or maybe even finding breathwork yourself, that you think we can plug into this conversation of feeling free in your body? Like what was the contrast you received early on? I remember waking up one morning, I was living in London, England. I fell in love with a British boy, as you do, and flew to England. And I was like, I'm going to start my life here because I'm in love with this person. So I was there living and and I could feel bit by bit. I was going farther and farther away from who I was making sacrifices that weren't in alignment for myself. And I, I remember waking up one, one morning and the first thought in my mind was I cannot wait to go to bed tonight. And not because I wanted to die or I was suicidal or any of that, but because the experience of living was so overwhelming for me. The thoughts in my mind, the hatred I had for my body, the peaks of anxiety that I would experience were so debilitating to the point where I had to immediately distract myself from them. And I used food as a drug. I used over-exercising, overworking, just overdoing everything, overperforming everything. And I ran my life like that for, for years. I called it my diet depression years where I was on over 50 diets in less than four years and just living every moment completely disconnected from my body, completely disconnected from my soul's curriculum, my, my, my purpose, my passion. I lacked, I lacked passion. I lacked um, direction, clarity, ex- excitement, expansion. And, and it was interesting because I had it originally, which made it almost worse because I knew where I, where I could be. And I wasn't, I grew up in a family that, um, was very geared and anchored in personal development. I remember going on long long road trips with my dad and he would be playing Tony Robbins tapes. And so I was sort of immersed and marinated in that culture from a very young age. Like while you're in the car, he'd be playing it over the speakers. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's a great dad. And so I knew it was possible, but I was in such a battle. It's like, I knew better, but my, my emotional blueprint was telling a completely different story. So there was this internal fight, this internal chaos where I knew I was off track, but I had no idea how to get myself back on track. And I did all of the things that I should do. I read all the books. I went to all the events. I I absorbed all of this information, hoping that maybe it would help me heal my eating disorder and my battle with food and my off the charts anxiety, but nothing was working. And I was just consuming content without the integration of actually embodying the content, which just kept me stuck and frustrated and overwhelmed. And so I remember around that time, that morning that I woke up, it was around that time. I remember just praying at the time and, and prayer for me in that phase of my life was just, I just never did it. I grew up in a very Christian home and went to church every single Sunday, prayed before meals. We did like little Bible studies before school. Like it was, we, we, we did, we did the thing, you know? And when I was going through this diet depression, I basically turned the door on anything that I couldn't see in the physical world. I'm like, if if I can't see it, it doesn't exist. And so I turned my back on God, spirituality, universe, universal energy, life force, anything. Were you angry at God at that time? I was, I I don't know. I I wasn't angry at God, but I just was the, I I was like stuck in the enduring pattern of like, I'm going to do everything on my own, like fuck everyone else. So maybe maybe there was a little bit of anger towards God, but I, I don't remember that being like a a theme, but what I do remember is the shame that I had because of the religion, which is like a whole other thing that we can get into. Sure. Sure. He's like, I had sex before marriage, cue shame. You know, there was just like a bunch of things that I was doing in my early twenties that wasn't congruent with what I was taught. I should do according to the Christian church and nothing against it. I feel like I'm, I feel grateful. I was brought up in that way. I feel like I absorbed a lot of uh, really great ways of being that I hold dearly now. Um, But there's a lot that was, was not congruent and it was actually more harmful. So I remember praying this one, this one evening. And it was a time where I was just like, I didn't pray. So it was like an interesting thing. And I was like, God, I'm like, please, like, I don't know how to get out of this. Please help me get out of this. And a week later, I received a letter in the mail that I was getting deported from England, um, which was the answer to my prayer, obviously. And the reason why it was the answer to my prayer is because I needed I, I needed grounding. I needed to get, to get back home. I needed to, to sort of reset. So my partner at the time, Luke and I broke up. I flew back to Vancouver, my hometown. And I just was so committed to, to getting healthy, trying all of these different modalities. Um, I, I started to venture into energy healing and Reiki and life coaching, all these sorts of different things and really got out of like the mindset of trying to heal and really got into like the somatics, the energetics, the embodiment side of it. Mm -hmm. And through that journey is where I discovered breathwork, which was for me personally, the number one, most powerful healing modality in my, in my life, I was, uh, I, I was reading, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert's E pray love. And she was talking about how she went to Bali and she found that energy healer. And so I booked a one-way ticket to Bali. I found this energy healer worked with him. He basically said, your brain is broken and you need to meditate. <laughs> he literally said that in his broken English, <laughs> your brain's broken. So when he said meditation, I was like, oh God, everyone's telling me to do that shit. And I hate it. Cause I would sit there for 20 minutes. And because I felt so unsafe in my body, I couldn't, I didn't want to feel, I couldn't feel, I would sit there, I would feel emotionality and I would shut it down right away. And then I would just get up in my head and be distracted the whole 20 minutes. I was supposed to be feeling relaxed. So I, he, when he said meditate, I was like, ah, okay, maybe it's different in Bali. I'm going to give it a shot. So I went to go to a meditation class. I ended up being late for the meditation class and then found breath work. And I, my, my life was literally changed in, in that three hour class. I felt a high level of visceral intelligence, one that I had never experienced before. I could tell the difference between an emotional hunger cue and a physical hunger cue in the weeks after. I could actually feel what self-love felt like It was this well, this infinite well of just joy and contentment. And it was this, this felt sense of like, I don't need anything outside of myself. 
anything outside of myself. Like I feel so content. And it was, it was a completely interesting experience because it was so immediate. My body had the felt sense. My body had the experience of transformation. And so my mind couldn't hijack the, the, the narrative. And so that was when it started. And so I used breathwork to help heal my eating disorder, which birthed hungry for happiness. Wow. There's so much there. Like you just unpacked probably 16 suitcases, which is amazing because I'm thinking about the people that are listening and watching with us, you know, like we're in this kind of, I guess you could say discovery container. And I love the way you explain these concepts. Like you mentioned embodiment and you were intellectualizing your healing, but to actually have it be in your body, it's a somatic experience. So I love the way you explain this because there's so many people that get these terms misconstrued. Mm-hmm. Right. Like so many people right now are trying to intellectualize their healing and I've fallen prey to it. Yeah, <laughs> like same. I went yeah. to the conferences, I listened to the podcast. I mean, shoot, I'm sure that there's a part of you and I that share a really common thread and a common love for breath work because it's written on my arms. Mm-hmm. Right. If I can take a breath, then I can choose. If I can breathe, I can choose. So what was it though, about when you said, I was literally feeling so freaked out in my body that you're like, okay, I'm going to go to Bali. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to buy a one-way ticket. Like there was something inside of you that was contracting you so much that so many people deal with in their own way. But what was it inside of you that was contracting you that now you can look back on and be like, oh, I, I see. I see mm-hmm. what that was. It wasn't so much the contraction that drove the behavior. It was the pull that I knew I was meant for more. So I had that inner fire. I had that relentless part of me, and I still have it to this day, this relentless part of me that is always communicating to me that I'm designed for more, even though the contraction feels like overbearing and taking up 98% of my experience at the time. There was like that 2% that was like, no, 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 like, this isn't it. This isn't it. You're off it. Like, let's let's dig deeper. Let's do some self-inquiry. And so that decision was driven by that 2% when everything else in my system wanted to give in and become malleable to the contraction, soul, higher self, life force chose differently in that moment. And that's available to every single person always, but that, that, the question is, are we listening? And in that moment, there was a moment of courage to go, I'm going to trust this 2%, even though I have zero evidence, none, zero evidence. Yeah. I was a hot mess express at the time, you know, like, like real, like high states of anxiety, overeating, overexercising. I was a extreme fitness competitor trying to mask my eating disorder. But then there was that 2% that was like, you are made for more. And it's possible. And all I had at that time was just belief. That's it. Mm. Belief. And so when I was pulled to Bali, it was terrifying. Because I was like, what if I go here and I and I prove myself wrong that there isn't actually that 2%. But I just kept believing and I just kept taking the next best step. And I just kept putting it out in the universe. Like I know there's a different narrative. There's a different script. I know I meant for more. Let me, let me, let me go find it. The, and it the, keeps presenting itself. There's a big piece that I saw on your website and it was, you had this narrative that said, you'll never get through this. You'll be stuck in like the diet and binge cycle for life. Um, there's something unique about your soul. Maybe your 2% that you mentioned um, that made you choose because we hear this phrase, I'm sure forever in personal development and in wellness, the power of choice is yours. And I think we know that from like a neck up place, but there was something about you, your soul, your contract, your 2%, I don't know, whatever you feel it was that made you look at that narrative of like, okay, I'm going to be in this cycle forever. And men and women get stuck in these cycles for decades, decades. They just get stuck. But there was obviously something about you. I'm so curious as to what that was. Like, that's really your unique story, right? Your unique soul essence. What, what is it about you that, that made you reframe that or transmute that phrase that you, you had cycling in your mind? I think it's something I'm still curious about. And I don't actually know, to be completely honest with you, I feel this frequency in my system that sometimes wakes me up at night when I'm sleeping and I'm not so hooked and associated with reality. I feel this frequency like flow through my body. That is none other than 
power and love in equal parts. Like that's the only way I can explain it. Mm. And it's like, it's my soul, but my sis, like it gives my nervous system such a message of there's more, there's more here. There's more to discover. There's more to unfold. And because I am such a student of life and I'm, I've got so much curiosity, I keep tuning in and leaning into that thing, but I still don't really know what it is. I feel like I'm still <laughs> yeah, yeah. discovering it every day, you know, and I discover it through my creations. I discover it through my relationship. I discover it through like 2020 from a leadership perspective and a team building perspective was really challenging for me, like super challenging, um, you know, dealt with betrayal, de- dealt with all of this kind of stuff. And I, I think if I didn't have this connection to this, isness, this beingness, I don't know if I would have continued to go through it, you know? And so it's so valuable for me to have this connection to this part of me, this frequency, this beingness, life force, God, universe, energy, whatever this, this energy is that is existing in my system, because that is what I lean on when things are really challenging. You know, I don't lean on my, my talent. I don't lean on the, the, my business structure or my systems. I lean on this, this universal energy that for some reason, some way, somehow always pulls me through, no matter how hard it is, no matter how much betrayal I've gone through, no matter how much, you know, I get shit on and I got mm-hmm. shat on last year, you know? Mm. So like so, in yeah. business or business and personal, I guess they're both for some entrepreneurs. It was business. Personally, personally, my life was so easy, actually, you know, like my relationships, my friends, my family, everything business wise. Not, and we, we, we grew revenue, but it was the complexity of the dynamics of the relationships of my team that were just like, like blowing up. And it was just like wild, a wild ride. And, you know, people who I thought would be on the train forever just turned out to be not the people that I thought they were. And that's okay. That's okay. And I needed to release my expectation to what I thought would be the way forward, you know, and so I loved earlier. Happened. You said your mess. You, you, what did you say? I was a train master. You had a I cool was a hot mess express. You're a hot mess express. Like whatever our message is, whatever our mission is, expect the universe to bring us unique challenges when we're in the spotlight, when we're doing our thing, like when you're shining and you're getting women and men like reconnected to their bodies, dealing with interpersonal relationships. I mean, the realm that you play in is emotional and somatic intelligence, right? Physical intelligence. This is the two things we explore in the show, which is why I was so looking forward to talking to you because there's like 23,000 or more people that have gone through your trainings. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm feeling in myself, all right, if there's that many people that are getting something from the lane that you're walking, like the place that you're leading them from, what is that something? You already said there was a mystery about what your 2% is. <laughs> so we're just going to honor the mystery on that one. But but what is it about um, the path that you're leading, the path that you're walking now, uh, both with food and with breath, that people are really resonating with? Mm, I think it's the philosophy I operate under, which is you are your own drug. And my intention of disintegrating the dependency model when it comes to personal development and spiritual development and giving the power back to the people for them to know that we are the medicine to our nervous systems. We can remedy our ruptures that have been created through our childhood. And I'm a huge fan of coaching. Obviously, I have two coaching businesses and I have five coaches myself, but there's this element yeah. missing, which is the discernment, the, the sovereignty, the knowingness that it's actually us that are doing the work, not our coach, you know, giving people the actual permission to learn how to do it. Like Jesus did when he taught people how to fish. So the scripture says Jesus is a gangster. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like if we can, if we can teach like Jesus truly, like if we take Jesus, the, the, the dude and take away the religion, that guy was incredible. And what he was, yeah, what he was pointing to and naming and, and, and showing through his beingness was, was the potentiality of humanity. That's it. You know? And so that's, I'm just trying to be like Jesus over here. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I love like, what I love is helping people see like, yo, it's not me. It's you. You are doing the work. You are the medicine. You have this incredible innate power to heal yourself and empower yourself so that you can empower others. It's not, I'm not empowering you. I'm not God. I'm not Jesus. You are doing the work yourself. And, and that's just a a beautiful thing that I, I think 
anyone can get amongst. You know, we are all wanting freedom, right? We've seen it this year more than anything. We want freedom, yeah. right? Move to Texas. There's more freedom. We all That's want right. freedom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so what if we could create an internal climate of freedom so we don't think that we need to fight for our freedom. It's just available for us. Whoa. And so that- Let that, is- let that land. <laughs> that was so good. Um, That's I'm, sorry, I'm-, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you right there. Like everyone just take a breath with Samantha and I. <sighs> what you just said is basically sums up the past 16 months of freedom being assaulted, amygdalas being under control, default mode network volume blasting at a hundred decibel decibels. Like that's a big one. And, and right now you, you mentioned rupture earlier right now. I think there's a lot of people being ruptured. So how do the tools that you teach go in there and help them with the rupture? You talked about childhood rupture, but there's people experiencing a rupture right now because of what you just discussed. Mm. Oh, of course. Of course. There's activation in the system as we're having these conversations. And I think one of the most important things is to know that we are not the rupture. We are the space holder, the loving awareness that the rupture is existing within. And when we can tap into our spacious awareness and view the rupture through our loving hearts, it transcends it. It shifts it. It helps it amalgamate and, and move the timeline from this rupture that's three years old, that's angry at the world into this, oh, a 31-year-old who knows better. And when we, when we turn away from those ruptures and we, when we turn away from them or we get thrown into them, we don't have perspective. We can't see things for what they are. We see them as they are. So we're viewing the world through the lens of an immature part of us that is wounded and sad. And so when we can turn towards these ruptures, a three-year-old rupture, a four-year-old rupture, and actually get with what it needs, what is the medicine? What is the remedy? What is the energetic blueprint that this particular rupture needs? We can begin to really alkalize that rupture and soften it and smooth it out so that we have more flow, more energetic flow in the system. If we are holding in our systems all of these ruptures who have that that have all different types of maturity levels that all get triggered from so many different things we are going to be walking around triggered at everything fuck that person fuck the system fuck trump fuck biden fuck it like we're going to constantly do that but when we give those parts of us what they need which is just our loving presence our awareness when we reparent those parts of us because they didn't get the parenting that they so needed when they were younger then we can begin to smooth out the edges and then life becomes a little less chaotic we are not so gripped on reality and projecting our needs onto other people and other things you know there's it, a big like, there's a big place that you're talking about between there's the danger of spiritually bypassing or actually being your trigger. There's a space in the middle. So there's like spiritual bypassing and you actually identifying with your trigger. What is that space for you at least? So the space there for me is being beside the wound, not in the wound, fully feeling it and also feeling it from awareness. I'm going to break this down for, for people because this is more of like an experience than it is a, a teaching. So w- when I get triggered, I'm like, oh, I feel it in my gut, right? Like right in my solar plexus. I'm like, I feel like I've been punched. Like, oh, it's right there. My ego, my mind is like, let's distract that. Let's get, let's get into work. Let's overperform. Let's go for a run. Oh, what is there some brownies in the fr- Let's, let's get rid of this. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let me clean my carpet. Let, Let me, me organize. My Let me organize my closet. Like anything at all, but the thing. Surely, there's a toilet around here that needs to be cleaned, right? <laughs> yeah. So when I bring myself into my heart and I view my trigger from my heart, I'm viewing it and I'm beside it. I'm fully feeling the trigger, but I'm viewing it from the lens of the heart. So I'm not in it. I have awareness of it, therefore I'm not in it. And so when we hold that spaciousness and we know that I'm not going to identify with it, I'm going to observe it. I'm not going to identify with it. I'm going to observe it. Then we have the wisdom and the intelligence to know what it actually needs. Okay. Well, what was it about that thing that happened that activated me so much? Because every trigger is a deepening moment. I can go, all right, well, 
this person did this and it activated me. What did I make that mean? I made it mean that I don't belong. I made it mean that I'm not worthy. I made it mean that I'm falling behind. I made it mean that I'm not good enough, whatever it is. Okay. Well, is that true? No. What do you really need? How can I really support you? And we get in dialogue with these parts of us because if we don't get in dialogue with these parts of us and we don't have the, the, the knowing that we can soothe these parts of us, we're going to project them out onto someone else. Therefore, we give our power away to someone else and that person needs to do something very specific in accordance to our expectations in order to soothe this ruptured part. A big piece of this is childhood because- Whether you look at Gabor Mate's work or Bessel van der Klerk's work or Bruce Lipton's work, I mean, fill in the blank. Even some of what Mel Robbins teaches, right? Every single person, whether contemporary or ancient from a mastery standpoint, don't you feel like they're all saying essentially the same thing? And that is how you are parented and what you go through. By the way, in utero and also the first seven years, literally shapes the dendrites, the axons, the things in your brain. So essentially to unpack what you said, and I'd love your vantage on this, we are running fucking programs on everyone. I'm running a program on the public. I'm running a program on news media. I'm running a program and I'm shooting my program out there. That's the projection. But if I am in harmony with my program and I can like love my program and maybe laugh at my program sometimes, then like you said, I'm, I'm beside the wound. I'd love for you to expand on what you think these programs are and where exactly do they even come from? Are they generational? Are they 5D? Like, whoa. I mean, it's a big question. Mm -hmm. I think there's many different ways that we are programmed. And I love how you're speaking of, you know, in, in the embryo, right? Our mother's conditioning, our mother's beliefs, our mother's way of seeing the world is we are baking in that for the first nine months of our lives. And then we come into a world and we're trying to find our way in the world and we are going to embody what, what is reflected back to us, whatever that looks like. And I don't think every person on the planet is a, a, a stable parent, <laughs> You know, like, why is there no IQ test for this shit? Like, it's a big (laughs) deal to raise a kid. Yes, it is. You know, and when, when it's a miss, when our needs are not met, we then develop ruptures and protectors. So if we reach and we are not received, we will develop a protector that says, my needs don't matter. I'm going to take care of myself. Right. And then, and then we, we just keep perpetuating that the entire our entire life. And if that's our story, that's our narrative. That's what we're used to. We're going to keep creating scenarios that validate and give that condition, that program evidence. Cause we just want to be right. We're more concerned about being right than we are about being happy. And that's the freaking truth, unless you decide differently. So we're going to keep validating and validating and validating these experiences and these programs that we have that were created when we are three years old. So we're fighting for things that we don't even want. And I find myself getting caught up in these patterns too still now. I have to be very aware of it. Why am I fighting for this? Why does this matter so much? Oh, this matters to the part of me that's four years old. (laughs) Four years old. All right, Sammy Whammy, let's pull up our socks and make this decision from a 31-year-old integrated person, not a four-year-old. And But that's wisdom. And that takes a long time to get with because my ego doesn't want my ego wants to believe that this is the truth, even though it's the agenda of my four-year-old. And so it really is looking at it from a bird's eye view to say, okay, there's conditioning that came from my mom being in, in, you know, growing in her belly. There's conditioning from a very young age of my, of my caretakers, whether that was mom, dad, or grandparents or whoever. Mm-hmm. And then there is the systemic way of the way the world does things that is constantly being reflected back to us. And we're constantly being pushed into like these, these timelines and these narratives and the things that we should do. And then we keep following that and we get farther and farther and farther and farther and farther away from our soul's curriculum, what we came here to do and our gifts that we just conformed what we should do based on all of these programs that are already in the world. This is big. This is big because the conformity you speak, it's what makes people abandon themselves. Essentially, mm-hmm. you want to conform to your parents and what, what's the payoff? What's the reward? We get loved. We yes. get loved. We get loved and we conform. 
but what's the price we pay to get that love? How do we lie about what we really love ourselves or what we're really into? So there's something that connects this. Yes, it's the breath, but it's also doing our inner work. There's a blend of like doing the breath work, applying the breath work, but there's a big difference between wanting and embodying. Like that gap is massive. And I'm sure you figured out a formula that works in your pause facilitator training, but also like, I'm sure there's probably a lot of crossover with hunger for happiness. You know, you've been doing these programs for quite some time. So what is that crossover between the two of them? This podcast is brought to you by our trusted friends at Organifi, the creators of the Organifi Gold, my number one turmeric lemon balm and superfood adaptogen bombshell that, trust me, will make you sleep like a baby. I know this because I use it on the regular. Not only is this one of my top sleep supplements I use personally, but also it helps my nervous system and my stomach calm down at the end of the day in the evenings, especially if I've had a stressful day. I know you have those too because you're human. (laughs) And because we're human, the best thing to do is take loving care of the human body, starting with quality sleep, not just quantity. This is gonna allow you to have the highest quality of life possible. So if you've been struggling with sleep, give this superfood adaptogen powder, the Organifi Gold, a test drive for a special deal over at wellnessforce.com forward slash Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, wellnessforce.com forward slash Organifi. Pick up a 30-day supply, give it a test drive. If you don't like it, you can send it back, but no one's ever done that (laughs) as far as I've heard. 20% off is the biggest discount you'll find over the entire internet. We're grandfathered in. These savings are for you. Head over to wellnessforce.com forward slash Organifi and use the code wellnessforce. Share this with your friends, your family, and anyone who wants to drink the gold and sleep well. There's a blend of like doing the breath work, applying the breath work, but there's a big difference between wanting and embodying. Like that gap is massive. And I'm sure you figured out a formula that works in your pause facilitator training, but also like, I'm sure there's probably a lot of crossover with hunger for happiness. You know, you've been doing these programs for quite some time. So what is that crossover between the two of them? Because they're essentially, they're all seeking love from an authentic place, not a conformist place. Yeah. Mm. It's really about like high level of both of them is really about dismantling and unbinding the configurations that have been placed on us that aren't true. Right. And that's done through energetic and somatic coaching and done through breath work. And they're a perfect match because breath work in and of itself opens up the portal. And then the coaching and and embodic and somatic training places it back together with more alignment. Right. I always tell my clients, it's like a a snow globe, like you shake it up and then it all settles down with more alignment. And that process is dang, that's hard, man. Yeah. You know, like I commend everyone who goes through our stuff because it is not easy. It's not mindset work. It's embodiment work. It's trauma work. It's deep somatic shifting. You know, it's, it's healing your lineage. It's generational healing. Mm. I remember I was, um, in an ayahuasca ceremony two years ago and the first, the the first and only one I've ever did. And I remember like ayahuasca was like, it's your responsibility to heal your lineage and heal the feminine suppression so that it's not passed on. And I was at the time I was like, dang, that's a tall order, but I understand it now. I I get it. I get it. It's like the, the women in my bloodline didn't have, didn't have, you know, the, the education, the tools, that I do, even my mom, you know, my mom kind of sort of like, she's like, so what do you do? <laughs> she kind of gets up <laughs> like her mom, no clue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, wow, this is the time. This is the generation. This is, this is it. The future is so bright. The future is so bright. And, and even these babies that are coming into the world now are their consciousness level on day zero is way, way better than ours because of the way that things are evolving and growing. And yes, we are in the breakdown and the destruction right now. So it may look like things are not great and the future is not bright, but it is, we are going somewhere. We are going, we are evolving. And the more humans that we can get with that narrative, consciously creating a new world, that's how we're going to do it. And so we just need more and more and more leaders to step up and do their work, the work that, that we're all here to do, get back onto our soul's path 
if we have been living a life of shoulds, I should go to university. I should get a degree. I should get this. I should get this. I should get this. And now it's, you're working nine to five at state farm insurance, hating your life. Well, ask yourself the question, what am I here to do? Because your soul decided to come here for a reason. All of ours did. So what's that reason? And how can we step deeper into that now? It's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to feel it and to be inspired to do it. This is where courage is built. It takes massive spiritual, emotional courage to be able to do what you're talking about. And I feel like if your heart is the fire, then breath is the thing that adds the air. Like breath is what actually feeds the heart. If you think about it, right? Like we develop courage from the heart. There's mirror neurons in our heart and our brain. They feed each other. The body can't live without the mind, vice versa. So if we're breathing properly, I'd love to get into this with you. If we're breathing properly, like lovingly, um, purposefully, then we can feed the fire in our heart. It's it's not just spiritual. It's not like it's not like a spiritual meme that we're seeing on social media. Like legitimately, if you're breathing properly, you are going to have more courage in life. It is going to feed the fire in your heart. So so what do you de- define as that? I mean, like what is breath work to you at, at a soul level? I just got like full body chills when you said that. And I think the part that excites me so much about that is the fact that I don't have to convince anyone of this when they go through the exercises, their body tells them, not me. And that for me is the coolest part because I spent so much of my life listening to people, coaching me, telling me, motivating me. And there was that part of me that was like, ah, this is all crap. But when I did breath work and I gave myself that, that felt experience, that embodied lived experience, my body, my cells began to communicate to me a different narrative, a different story. And it wasn't anyone else. It was me. So that is the potentiality that we have to repattern all of this in our system. And every single person, if you are, if you have a beating heart, you have the ability to dramatically increase the quality of your life through increasing the quality of your breath. It's just so simple. You know, it, I laugh that I have two businesses that teach people how to eat and how to breathe. Like the <laughs> most basic shit that we should, you know what I'm saying? Like we have come so far away for sure, from for our sure. nature, you know, like it's yes. crazy. Yes. And so when we can act, when we can get with the knowingness of, wait a second, I can shift my breath. I can, even if I just don't shift, even if I'm just, if I'm just aware of it the body will begin to move into a more sympathetic state, rest and digest state so that we can make better decisions. We can be better leaders. We can tap into our heart more. And then when we add a little bit of intentionality onto that breath and deepen it, we can have some pretty incredible experiences. I know that, you know, you meant parasympathetic, like the restful part of us, not, not the sympathetic because did I say your, sympathetic? you said sympathetic, but these terms, oh, Paris, it's like, well, it's big because I mean, and I know, you know it, I'm not, I'm not like, Oh, I'm going to call Sam, Sam. Out of the <laughs> it's not like that. It's more like, um, we hear these terms so much science has become a God, right? So whether it's COVID or mask wearing or anything at all, breath work, why do we even need a PubMed study to tell us? that breathing properly is probably good for you. Like, are you fucking kidding me? But I want to respect and honor the people that are driven by the analytical mind because it's the analytical mind that is plaguing us right now. And that's the thing that's turning up the volume on our default mode network, turning down the volume on our somatic experiencing. And there's something unique about your process. I mean, look, it took me three, four years to launch our program, the Breathe Breath and Wellness program, it took you an incredible amount of time and going through the trenches and actually doing the work, doing the breath. Who did you learn from? Like, what was the what was the gathering process for you to be able to pull it in? Like, it started in Bali, but there was other teachers and people you met along the way, right? So, how did that come to pass? Yeah. So when I first found out about breathwork, this was ten years ago in Bali. And I was like, I am taking every certification on the market. That was 10 years ago. It's evolved a lot in 10 years. So at the time you had your holotropic breathwork, rebirthing, um, gosh, alchemy of breath. There was about four or five big ones at the time. Um, I now do a lot of work with Dan Brule and just like, um, I love Wim Hof different style, different intention. I love what they're doing. My way of breath work is a lot to do with ascension and emotional development versus like the physicality. And, um, there's a really cool, uh, edge there that Wim's doing. 
I just gathered every, from every certification that I took, I gathered the best parts of everything and I added in what I thought was missing. And that was the birth of pause. And it's so interesting. I wrote a post about this the other day. I was woken up at 3.04 AM every single night with content flowing through me. And it was that energy that I was talking about, that like love and power energy. And I went to uh, my energy healer here in San Diego, Andrew. I don't know if you know him, but yeah, I've, I've sat with Andrew a lot. Yeah, a so lot. I went to Andrew. He's been on the show. I, shout out to Andrew DeGregorio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I went to his office, and I was like, "Dude, what is going on? I am being woken up by these guides with this energy and this content flowing through me." Did he what start smiling? <laughs> Did yeah, he start yeah, smiling? I mean, he's like, you know, you can tell them not to wake you up. I'm like, yeah, but the content coming through is so amazing. And so the whole pause curriculum is an amalgamation of what I learned through all of the certifications that I, that I have taken. And then this, this new body of work that just came through me and I'll read the pause manual, the curriculum. And I'm like, I don't remember writing that. Mm. <laughs> like it's, 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 it's crazy. It's, it just flowed through. I love it because you actually do it. And some people say, I'm getting a galactic download. I'm like, go ahead and put on your white cape and climb up to Cal's mountain. Like what I'm really, what I'm really talking about is like, you actually did have a quote download. This is like spiritual language that we hear all the time. I'm getting a download, a cosmic download. And I'm not like hating on those people. I'm just poking fun. Like it's just, we're just having fun. But I think it's kind of silly because you actually do it. And there's a bridge that we've been talking about. Like for you, it's the pause. For many of us, it's like the stillness, however you want to describe it. Like, is, is there a secret or is it not so secret? And that's what keeps pause a secret. Ooh. Gosh, that's such an interesting question. I'm so, so I'll share how I view it. And this might answer the question. I view pause as this entity above me that is constantly communicating to me what it needs to have an impact in the world. Mm. So I'll sit in meditation and it'll just be like, all of these things come through. Oh, like expand on module four, go a little bit deeper into here. Let's go. Let's do this now. What about breath test? Here's the app. Oh, there's this audio for the app. Like this stuff just flows through. And so I just sit there like writing it all down and it just, it's nonstop. It's constant. And so when people have gone through our trainings who have done other trainings, they're like, how is this so deep? And I'm like, it's, it's not me. Like it's, it's crazy. And again, that's where that curiosity comes in, right? You asked me earlier that 2%. Yeah. I'm like, who are you? Where is this coming from? And it was interesting because I went to Andrew and I was like, okay, if, if these are guides that are communicating to me, what needs to happen in the world that needs to come through the vehicle we're calling pause, like, can you explain them to me? Can you explain who they are and what they're doing? And Andrew explains them. Okay. There's this guy and this is what he does. And then there's this little one and this is what it does. And then there's this older woman and this is what she does. And Andrew sort of explained, and this is getting weird, but Andrew explained this sort of like team of, of, of guides. And I was like, oh, this is bullshit. I'm like, he's making this up. So I went to another energy healer here in San Diego, David Valdez, who is also incredible, super, super talented. And I asked him, I said, David, what's going on? There's, there's guides. Can you explain them? David explained the guides to a T what Andrew did. And I was like, okay, okay. Like all this. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I was like, all right. So then I began to really believe it and really call these guides in and, and be in communication with them and talk to them. And it's, it's just been like a really beautiful opening experience. But three years ago, I would have been like, this is a load of crap. Like there's no way. Wow. This so is the part. It's the part I love about you. Like you can operate in this spiritual, but like you bring people to the practical mm. because so many, and I'm not dissing anyone. Like a lot of people, they, they say one thing yet they do another. There's a lack mm. of integrity there. And I, and, and I've seen you on social and I think a lot of people, and, and when they look at the show notes today, when they're watching and listening, like they're going to see a lot of your content, you have fun with what you do. Like there's a certain lightness and joyness and it's not, it doesn't feel like it's hardcore work. It's, it's like our conversation. It's not work. It's, it's expression and dancing and organic kind of discovery. What is it about the pause that gives us that, that like expansion, that curiosity? There's so much that's birthed in the pause. Even Viktor Frankl was like the space between stimulus and response. We all hear it from different teachers, but in your teaching, like what, what is that magic of the pause? Hmm. 
I have this very playful, silly side of me that just wants to fuck around and have fun. And I have this excitement of activating other people's inner children to just do fun stuff all the time. And the more that I do the work and live in the pause and heal the ruptures and be with myself, the the more capacity I have to live in that essence. And that truly is my, my natural essence. Like that's who I am. That like, that's just, that's just who I am. I don't know. Like, I don't know where I came from, but that's just who I am. It's like very playful, very silly, very jokey. And the more that I can live in the duality of my human self and my spiritual self, the more I can settle into the present moment that knowing that I am supported, I am safe. I got this. It's all good. It's all taken care of. And when I really embody that and believe that and have full certainty on that, then my system can relax and I can go into my natural essence, which is play fun, mess about. I loved how you just took a big, rich inhale through your nose because one of the things that I've been loving doing in my practice has been doing like a Kapala Bhakti, like the fire breathing, or I'll also just do straight up warrior breathing that I learned from Mark Divine. And it's circular, it's not box. But I'll I'll challenge myself, and we talk about this in our program too. Like, can you challenge yourself to hold your breath? in an extended breath hold so that you can use that hold to be at more peace with your stress to be because what, what's the first thing that happens sam when we're angry or pissed off or we're in our trigger we go we like hold our breath but there is a, a loving healthy time to do breath holds like how do you see breath holds in your work like what do you, how do you use those yeah depending on if you want to bring the energy up and out of the body more of like an ascension or more of a ground so using a top hold at the back end of a really activating pattern. So at the triactive breath, which is a three-part breath and then bringing a breath hold at the end of like an even 90 seconds of a three-part breath with a top hold will bring the energy, cultivate the energy up into the body and out through the top of the head. So if we're feeling particularly lethargic or people who run depressed, the top holds are really good people who run anxious bottom holds are really good. So bottom holds are doing more of a gentle breath pattern than holding the breath at the bottom, which grounds the energy into the earth. So it activates more of that earth energy top holds activate more of the realm energy. So depending on the outcome, depending on what we want to accomplish, asking yourself, what would be the best one for you? My system runs anxious more. So bottom holds are really good for me. Um, and, and then when I'm feeling super chill, I love doing hot top holds because they're very energizing. I love that. And so in your program, uh, tell people about the program, like where they can get involved. So the facilitator training that we have is a six month program that trains you to become a masterful breathwork facilitator. And so much of the program is your own personal transformation because I believe what makes a masterful coach is embodiment and really speaking from experience and really speaking and teaching through transmission versus logic. And so the whole program is designed and set up to optimize for your own embodiment and impact through transmission. And so some people do the program and don't even have an intent to teach breath work. They just want to deepen their relationship to their breath so that they can change their life. So for those of you who are interested in that, it's at pausebreathwork.com slash facilitator. And that's for people to go out in the world and actually embody this is the big part, embody all these lessons that we're learning. Cause I'll share like, you know, the biggest part that hit me in this conversation so deep is when you were talking about generational trauma. And as you were talking, maybe it's my playful little dude, my 2%. He was like seeing a volcano at the bottom of the ocean. You know that Disney movie where it's like, um, I love you. You know, the little lava thing. Well, this is how, this is what happens with generational trauma and generational healing is like, Hawaii started at the bottom of the ocean, thousands of feet down. And that volcano took time for it to like eventually come to the surface and come to life. Our generational trauma is the same damn thing. All the hundreds and hundreds of years, if you trace it back for me, it was Italy and my great, great grandparents coming over on the boats for you. It was something else for all of us. We have this stored trauma. And so Mm -hmm. essentially our emotional intelligence is a metaphor of the volcano at the bottom of the ocean. Eventually over time, with the right fuel source, like the breath, Mm. our volcano of healing will pierce the ocean's surface. We will transcend all of these things, Mm. but we must be patient. 
And so how do you walk this line between patience of generational healing using the breath and also that fun part of you that's like, let's just play, you know, because you could choose either one at any moment. And so how do you balance those? Mary Morrissey has a really great quote that says, hold the vision, not the circumstance. And so I have a very clear vision for, well, on, on just like a personal level, a clear vision for my relationship, my business, my finances, my family, philanthropy, all that kind of stuff. But then I have this greater vision of what's possible for the world. And it's so clear and it's so refined and it's it, it, it just makes sense to me. And so when I cast my awareness onto this vision of, of what's possible, I can, it helps me to be patient with myself, with humanity, with all beings of this time for what we're moving through. And so it's really being able to hold the duality of the destruction while knowing that creation is coming and something better is coming and we are co-creating it if we choose. And I do believe that as we progress, there will be a greater and greater chasm between the people who get it and the people who are evolving and the people who choose not to. And that's okay. Not everyone is designed to evolve, but the new world, there's going to be a balance of more light leaders, more people stepping into their gifts and more people doing the work in the world that is aligned to their soul. I feel like I feel like you like tugged on my heartstring when you're talking there because my my boy's middle name is Morrow. And uh it's my grandfather's first name because I'm committed to this healing, right? So I'm giving him a life that is free from my projections, from my bullshit programs, from the things that I learned from my father and the things that he learned from his father. Alan Watts calls it all wretch and no vomit. So I'm, I'm here to vomit it out. You know, I'm like you, it's like the generational trauma stops with me. And like, I will be the one through my son and I'm cool talking about it here. Cause I have nothing to hide. Um, I will be the one like you. So Sam, we covered so much ground. Thank you for your presence, for the way that you've answered. So honestly, I love your honesty. Um, but when we look at the honest lens of wellness and how you actually see yourself living life well with all you've been through, like the struggles to let go of like what you said, the things that were making you eat the food or the things that were making you not breathe and all of that to arrive in your relationship with your business. It's been a long road. <laughs> it's been yeah. a long road for you to get here. Just, just like it has for all of us mm-hmm. today. How do you see wellness? Like what's your definition of wellness? How do you see yourself living life well? And, and how would you define wellness? Mm. Prioritizing my mental state and emotionality over literally everything else. That for me is huge, 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 huge. Am I going to take that walk or am I going to push through getting this inbox done? Am I going to take a five minute break and hydrate my body or am I going to obsess over this spreadsheet? Am I going to give myself the grace to wake up a little earlier and nourish myself, nourish my soul, listen to my soul, be with my ruptures, or am I going to jump right into work? It's the micro decisions that we choose to make every single day that either bring us closer to wellness or farther away. And we know this stuff. It's a choice. So it's, it's making the choice every single day. You know, one of my friends says, I work hard to make my life easy. And I really, 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 truly believe that There's no way that I could do what I do if I did not prioritize my wellness and put it above everything else, everything else in my life. And it allows me to have the resource, the energy, the vitality, the the patience to funnel into what I'm here to do. (sighs) Mike, Mike drop with a big breath. Sam, thank you for coming on the show. Um, people can follow you on Instagram and look, just type her name in Google. You'll find everything you need. Sam, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for your gift of this breath and this awareness, which is essentially the core of what you're teaching. So until Sam and I see you again, we're both wishing you love and wellness. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the show, my friend. Everything you learned on this podcast starts with your morning practices. So from over 300 world-class guests, we pulled together six simple yet powerful morning practices down into a 21-minute system guaranteeing to increase your vibration and the way that you feel every day. Get this free powerful guide over at wellnessforce.com forward slash M 
21. And if you love this show, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody that you love or that you care about. You can support the show easily by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Or if you're on your phone, just tap it, hit the link in purple that says review this podcast. And the journey does not stop here. We're continuing this discovering process in our private Facebook group over at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. You can be a part of it. You already are. All you have to do is join us at wellnessforce.com forward slash group and I will welcome you at the door. Now go out into your life and live your life well. And until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.